Amen. Amen. Isn't he worthy of it? Amen. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Father God, we love you. We declare in worship this morning that you are worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. For you are God and you are good. All by yourself. And then you just continue to pour out your goodness over all creation. We love you, Lord. We're thankful for your goodness towards us. We thank you for all that you do. I pray today, God, that you would absolutely open up our understanding today. Lord, that you would give us spiritual insight as we look into the deep mysteries of, of you, Lord. As we dig into your word, Father, I pray that you would uh, just give us supernatural understanding of the deep mysteries of God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be what you've called us to be. And yet, we, we so many times, we just miss it. We're spiritually dense sometimes. Lord, would you turn the lights on for us this morning? Lord, would you help us to be good receivers? Help us, Lord, that, that we might receive today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I... Uh, just going to jump right into it. I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but in our culture, in this part of the world, in this part of the country, we, uh, we're really bad receivers. And I don't know if it's just uh, maybe a little Southern pride, maybe it's just a little uh, uh, self-sufficiency. But we're, we're horrible at receiving. And it's, I know it's a part of our culture. It's in other parts of the, the world as well. But for some reason, it's bad here. Uh, and I know we've had folks from other parts of the world come and they're like, man, why, why the spirit of poverty in this area? And you need to understand what I'm saying when I say the spirit of poverty. You'll understand it more as I begin to preach this message. But, but uh, we, we're really bad at receiving. So someone wants to give us something. I was raised this way, I know, I mean, it's just like, no, you got to turn it down. And then if they, if you do accept something, you, I mean, you, you're supposed to feel guilty for accepting it, and you're supposed to try and pay it back. I mean, anybody, am, is it, Amen. am I the only weird family? No. Everybody's family weird like mine? Well, if we're all weird together, then we're not weird, are we? We're all the same. But, but I mean, even to this day, it, it almost because of how... It's kind of ingrained in us when someone offers you a compliment and you downplay it. You try to kill it. Everybody with me on that? Yes, sir. Uh, someone says something nice about your clothes. Oh, well, I got it on sale. You know, oh, this old thing that's been in the closet for years. You know, that kind of stuff. We're horrible at receiving. And I know that it's, it's kind of a part of our culture. But I want to tell you, it's not a good part. It's not a good part. I, I get being, you know, the, the, the feeling of wanting to be self-sufficient, but let me just tell you something. You're not. You're not self-sufficient. Everything that you've been blessed with is because of the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. You, you've, you're not. And so uh, let us get better at receiving. Uh, there's some maybe in the, in, the, in the room right now that you need to receive a big gift right now, and it's the gift of salvation. And it's a free gift, and all you can do is just receive it. 
and, and be thankful for it. You can't pay it back. There's no debt that you've just uh, taken on when you receive the gift of salvation. You, you don't spend the rest of your life trying to pay it off. It's grace. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. It's by grace you have been saved. I want to look in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. This, uh, this message has been kind of uh, downloading on me for a little while. And I, I'll give you the details as to how. But uh, uh, one, of our, one of our sisters here at the church, Miss Tara Larson, we were having a conversation the other day in regards to our uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting, which has been amazing, by the way. If you've not made it to one of our pursuit nights, we have one more uh, this Wednesday, and she will actually be the one that will be giving us the prayer focus this Wednesday. Uh, but, but Ingrid, our worship leader who's up here, she, a couple of weeks ago, shared, and it was really good, really, really good. The Lord just downloaded on her all day, and she just came and spilled it out. But I, I struggle with seeing the Lord as my lover. Now, I'm, in case y'all hadn't figured this out, I'm a guy. And I am a visual thinker. Y'all walking on, y'all understand what I'm saying? As a guy and a visual thinker, uh, I can't go there. All right? I just can't go there as the Lord is my lover. Uh, and so I was talking that out with Tara, and I said, you know, I just, I can see him as my friend, absolutely my savior. I can see him, you know, uh, God as father, but the Lord is my lover thing, it misses me. I mean, big time, just wave misses me. And she had the nerve to tell me that, <laughs> that I was wrong. And uh, if any of you ever think that I'm wrong... Please come tell me, because what she did was she said, you're, you're looking at it wrong. And she said, you need to see it from the man's perspective. She said, you, you need to see it from, as a man, you have certain character traits that God has those character traits. And, and in this relationship of intimacy, you need to see that he's trying to do those things, those, those character traits, pour them out, your protective nature, your provider, those things that he's wanting to show that to his church. Like, You're so smart. <laughs> then she said a phrase that messed me up. And I, I didn't, you know, I don't just receive anything I hear just instantly. I had to ponder on it, and I have been for a couple weeks. She said, women by nature, physically, are made to receive. I ain't never heard anything like that in all my life. And she was tying it into a spiritual truth. Women are made to receive. And so I had to sit there. I, I, I just kind of logged that in. And I've just been marinating on it for, for ever since we had that conversation. And, and she's, men, by nature, are built to give, and women by nature are meant to receive, and and so I just like, well, I do, I do know there's there's something there, but I need to know deeper, God, what this is, and and so then I, this, 
in all of my years of ministry and all of the studying and all that, I've never heard anything like that. I, mean, I just never heard that tied to spiritual principles. And then she says that. And then I'm reading a book on the grace of God. And it says that. All right. So if you don't know how God speaks, oftentimes it comes in repetition. Like if you didn't catch it the first time. I'm going to say this again, and I'm so thankful for him being good like that because, I, you know, sometimes I tell somebody something and they don't listen, well, I ain't saying it again, <laughs> but God's better than us, and so he says, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to turn the lights up on this spiritual truth that I need you to understand, and then we come Friday night for encounter night and have a night of worship, and man, it was amazing, it's probably the best one we've ever had. And I was standing over there worshiping the Lord, and, and the thought comes back to my head. As the bride of Christ, we are meant to receive. When God just downloaded on me, we're bad at receiving, church. We are bad at receiving. We do not do well at receiving. I can talk about my love for him. I can talk about my service to him. But we're bad at receiving. And so I want to look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Let's see if the Lord will help us to open up the, our understanding on these things. By the way, I, I told you that it was on Friday night that the, door, the Lord opened that understanding to me. I do my sermon studies on Tuesdays. And so I had this, this verse selected for what I was going to be preaching today. And again, God repeats himself sometimes. Look in chapter 2 of Colossians, verse 6. As you therefore have what? As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So, I've been preaching on the tree of knowledge, good and evil versus the tree of life. Basically, law versus grace. And how that you were saved by grace through faith. Alright, everybody agree with that? If you don't, then that... Uh, that's, uh, that's one of those truths that uh, we're not going to argue on that one. That's essential. It is an essential belief. You, don't, you were not saved by anything that you've done. You were only saved by grace, through faith, not of works, not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. It was only God and none of you. Amen? Amen. I've used this illustration before. I like it. I think it's a good one, so I'll use it again. Uh, if... I were to say, you know, I need a, a new truck, and, so, and, and one of you awesome church members said, I'm going to go over here to the Dodge house, I'm going to buy, buy you a brand new one-ton pickup truck. Four-wheel drive, four-door. Um, I do like, if you're curious, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but she said, I'm going to go buy you a truck, $90,000 truck, whatever they cost, it's ridiculous. And uh, you were to say, brother, here's the keys. Uh, we love you, and I'm going to tell you, if you did that for me, I would love you even more. Uh, <laughs> but but in this bad, uh, you know, we're, we're bad at receiving, so I would say, you know what, goodness, that's an expensive truck. I would hate for you to take all of the load of purchasing that truck on yourself. I've got a $20 bill I would like to <laughs> give to you. What would you think about that? You'd be insulted, it's like 20 don't even... It, Twenty didn't cover my gas getting there and back. But that is so similar to our thinking that we're paying God back by our good works for the salvation that he gave us. 
It is by grace you have been saved. Not of works. It is not of yourself, lest anyone should boast. So if that's how you got saved, then how do you get sanctified? That might be a new word for some of you, so I'm going to break it down real quick. I do this pretty regular, but we learn by repetition. So salvation, another word for salvation is justification. Regeneration. There's all these big words that go with it, but you've been born again. You've been made new. You've now been made spiritually alive. And so that is salvation past. The day that you called upon Jesus to make him Lord of your life, you got saved. Amen? With that, you were saved from the penalty of sin. That means that you didn't have to fear hell anymore. You didn't have to fear judgment anymore. You didn't have to fear God's wrath anymore. You've been saved because you put your trust in the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ. Amen? That's salvation. I have been saved from the penalty of sin. Justification. Sanctification. I am being saved from the power of sin. That's a big word. Again, sanctification. But it is a process by which you are being made more Christ-like. Everybody with me? I have been saved from the penalty of sin. I am being saved from the power of sin. Because of, of my salvation, I don't fear death any longer. Because of my sanctification, because I am knowing all the time the authority that I have in Christ Jesus, I don't fear the devil. I don't fear death. I don't fear the devil because I'm being sanctified. Salvation past, present, salvation future, glorification, justification, sanctification, Glorification. I have been saved from the penalty of sin. I am being saved from the power of sin. I will be saved from the presence of sin. When this body dies, my spirit goes on to glory. And one of these days, I'm going to receive a whole new glorified body. And it's a good thing because I'm about to wear this one out. <laughs> and so, justification. Over here, I'm sorry. Justification. Sanctification. Glorification. How did I get Justified by grace through faith. Let's put Colossians chapter 2 verse whatever that was back up there. 8, 6. As. See that little bitty word as, A-S. It means in the same manner. In the same manner as you have received Christ Jesus. Well, how did you receive Christ Jesus? By grace through faith. Not of works. Not of yourself, lest anyone should boast. In the same way that you got saved, that's the same way you're going to get just as sanctified. Amen? It is not by checklist Christianity. It's not by works. It's not by paying off a debt. It is by the same way. By grace, through faith. What does that mean? I continue to put my trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? The book of Galatians, we'll get there in just a second. The book of Galatians is a response to people who got saved by faith, but then thought it was upon them to work out. And here's another whole, I, look, I didn't even have this in the, in the lineup of scriptures. There's a verse of scripture that says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody familiar with that one? Does that go against what I'm preaching right now? Well, the next verse of Scripture says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so it's only through him working in us that we can work it out. Amen? We have to be able to receive from the Lord. 
Otherwise, what comes out of us is just our stinking flesh. It's just checklist Christianity. It's just going down the list of the rights and the wrongs and the do's and the don'ts. And, and it's by law. And, and, and so in the church, uh, the church in Galatia, Paul was correcting them and said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Who, who come in and tripped you up? You were, you were living by grace through faith. And now someone's come along and said, now it's by works. I said, no, no, you, you got it all mixed up. So. I want to look again in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Amen? You see that little word, as again? In the same way. In the same way. Verse 8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. Anybody ever been so uh, churchy that you live born by tradition than you did relationship? Any other about, just me and two other people? All right. Y'all know when you go to try and break tradition, they'll kill you. They killed Stephen, the first martyr, because he came against the traditions of men. I have stood at the gate there in Jerusalem where this happened. They stoned him. And yet Paul says, hey, don't surrender to that. Don't surrender to tradition. Be ver verse 8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. And you are now in him, and he is now in you. So here is Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of everything. In verse 10, I need everyone to catch verse 10. And you are complete in him. You need to hang your hat on that one. You are complete in him. I know the feelings of, of, of inadequacy. I'm incomplete. I'm unworthy. Whoever said that it had anything to do with you being worthy? It has everything to do with his grace. Amen? And so when those feelings of incompleteness, those feelings of unworthiness, those feelings of, uh, of inadequacy comes upon you, and, and that you, you are, you're never going to uh, achieve what he wants you to be, and all that kind of stuff, you're just a sort of saint, not a super saint, all those feelings then you need to come back to the truth of God's word and say, no, the Bible says I'm complete in him. The Bible says I am the beloved in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. The Bible says I am more than a conqueror. The Bible says, instead of going by what my feelings say, how about, because see, Satan can fool you with your own feelings, but he can't do much with the word of God. I mean, you, you can attack him with the word of God. And what he will do is twist it if you don't know it. So you need to know this. All right, so Colossians chapter 2, it says, In the same way that you got saved, you continue walking out that salvation by grace through faith. Amen? Amen. We need to get better at receiving. I want to look in John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse 3. And this is eternal life, 
that they may know you. This is Jesus himself praying. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. Jesus, the son, God the Son, is speaking to God the Father. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life? That we know God, the Father, and God the Son. Yeah. That word, K-N-O-W, you see it? Yeah. No. That word is the same no when the angel comes and tells Mary that the Messiah is going to be born from her, through her, she says, well, how can this be? You remember the scripture? Yeah. For I have never known a man. Now, y'all know what we're talking about here, right? Y'all are a little quiet. Y'all do know what we're talking about here. <laughs> what is Mary saying? She is saying, I have never had intimacy experiential intimacy with another man. I am a virgin. How in the world can I give birth if I'm a virgin? But it's the exact same word that we are reading here. And this is eternal life that they may know you. Experiential intimacy. It is not enough to know about God. You need to experience intimacy with God. Now again, as a visual thinker, and as a guy, that might be difficult for some of us. But I want you to take men, ladies get this, they, they get it, it's no problem. Us guys, we struggle a little bit. Men, take the characteristics that you have as a man, and what you would do for your wife, what you'd do for your, just, just take those characteristics, protector, provider, nurture, what all, what all those things are, and know that as God has those same characteristics, you need to be able to receive that. You need to be able to accept his salvation. Salvation is a free gift and so is sanctification. Amen? In the same way you got saved, you're still being saved. You're still, he is working out that working of God that has worked in you. All right, so... I will now look at John chapter 13. I think this will help you get it uh, maybe a little better. In the New Testament, I relate to Peter so well. Peter and I, we tight. Peter sometimes has a little bit of aggression about him. Peter's the one who, when Jesus was arrested, pulled the sword, cut off the servant's ear. Peter's the one that he was, you know, he would sometimes pop off at the mouth and, uh, and this is one of those occasions. In John chapter three, 13, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He's preparing the Last Supper. He's preparing them for his crucifixion. And he has kind of given them the basics before uh, departing that the, you need to do these things. And, the, and what he does is he comes into the room and he begins washing their feet. This was what God downloaded on me on Friday night as I'm standing over here worshiping. This was the picture that God gave me. Peter says, nope. You're not washing my feet. How many of you can relate to Peter? Uh, no, sir. I'm the servant. You're the Savior. You're not, getting, you're not going to get down on your knees and wash my feet. No, sir. No, sir. No, I do the serving here. You're God. I'm the servant. Peter says, no. No, no. You, you're not going to wash my feet. Let's just read it in chapter 13 of John. In verse, let's just start in verse 3. 
Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. You ever had those encounters? Lord, what's this business about women are built to receive? Men are built to give? I think there's something to that. He's like, you don't get it now, but you're about to. He planted a little truth in my heart. Jesus said, you you don't get it now, Peter, but you're about to. Verse 8, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. I want you to just, this must be pretty important. Peter, if you can't let me serve you, then we're done. Peter, if you can't receive from me, then you have nothing to give. I need you to catch that. Women Women are built to receive. And what happens when they do receive? They then give. Spiritual truths. Y'all catching it? If we don't receive, then all that we have to give is only of ourselves and it is not of him. If we don't receive the words that he speaks to us, if we don't receive the spiritual download that he gives us, then all that we have to do is give dead works. And, And that ain't worth having. It ain't worth giving. And so, Peter, if you don't let me do this, then you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, then, Lord, not my, hand, my, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean. You do know that we're not talking about physical hygiene. <laughs> Y'all with me on this, right? You do know Jesus is downloading spiritual truths into Peter's heart. Peter, you may not get this now, but you're going to get it. Well, he got it later on when the Holy Spirit moved upon him and he began to understand these spiritual truths that, yes, I have been saved. He washed me completely. I am clean. Amen? Amen. Are you with me on this? If not, you make sure you leave clean if you didn't come clean. And then Jesus comes along with this business of sanctification and he says, I need to wash you. You need to let me serve you. You need to let me love you, Peter. Why can't you receive my love? If you don't let me do this on a regular basis, you get dirtier and dirtier. You need to let me. No, sir. I'm the servant here. He said, you need to be able to receive. Go with me. I, uh, a couple years ago, was blessed to be able to go fishing in Alaska and and uh, off Kodiak Island I got to go do a little fishing with some pastor friends of mine and Pastor Mark Allen at Life Fellowship was one of those and man we had a time but I, I tell you I uh, I was struggling a little bit because the church paid for my trip and it happened right around uh, uh, October which is Pastor Appreciation Month just in case any of y'all forgot that <laughs> it's coming soon 
just messing with me. I'm just. <laughs> uh, and I got over there in Alaska, and I was just spending a lot of time with the Lord. I had, I had some quiet time on a daily basis, hours, and was spending time with the Lord. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is a this was a big gift, and, and uh, just kind of thinking over it. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, why won't you let me love you? Did y'all hear me? I'm like, I, I, I don't know, God. I just can't receive. Why won't you just let me love you? That's all he had to say. God wants to love you. Not just be loved by you. It's only true intimacy when it's reciprocated. Amen? God, let him love you and receive it. Jesus says to Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Well, he must be talking about salvation, right? Nope. That's not what he's talking about. Because we know this when he said, uh, Lord, not my, hand, not my feet only, but also my heads and my hands. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only wash his feet. What is he saying? You've already been saved. But this sanctification process has to continue in which I come alongside you and I serve you. I can't receive that, Lord. You better receive it. You better receive it. If you can't receive from me, then what are you giving? Dirty feet. Dirty feet. So, I'm asking the Lord that he would open up our spiritual understanding. He wants to love you. Greatest theological truth you may have learned in kindergarten it's the greatest theological principle you ever learn your whole life. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Y'all know the song? That's powerful. That's powerful. We need to understand that. He loves us not only in salvation, but there is a continual washing a continual sanctification. There's a continual love going back and forth, and you better be able to receive it. Galatians chapter 5, it says this. It, it uses a phrase that, that we know. You probably heard it before. How many of you have heard the word, the phrase, fallen from grace? Hollywood gets this better than we do. Hollywood uses this phrase often. Now, it's not biblical how they use it, but they use the word fallen from grace. What do, does, where do they get it? They got it from the Bible. Now, do you know how, where that comes from? Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, you who t attempt to be justified by law. In other words, you think you got saved by grace, but now you think you're sanctified by works. He said you've become estranged what is that? Yeah, we know that word, don't we? When a couple is separated, when a, when a divorce is imminent, when, when now there is, there's separation between husband and wife, what would you, that's an estranged wife, that's an estranged husband. We know that they're, they're now no longer fellowshipping, they're no longer communicating. And that's the word used here to describe a Christian who now thinks that it's on them to work out their own salvation. Heavy, ain't it? You become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. 
For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It makes more sense to me. uh, And it has a powerful word in here. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. How? By faith. By faith. By faith. Faith says, I am trusting in the completed work of Jesus Christ. I'm, comp- I'm trusting in the continuing work of Jesus Christ. I am trusting that it is not by my works, but it's by works as he's already done. That I'm not only saved, but I'm being sanctified. Amen? Amen. I want you to know that the only way to be truly spiritually fruitful is to receive. Because with that poverty mentality, that prideful, arrogant, no, I got to earn it some way. I, I, I just can't. There's, there are three things that, that work with this. The poverty mentality and pride and the inability to receive. So I need to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to sit in your presence. I'm going to let you wash my feet. I'm going to receive. You want to love me. Okay. You see, there was at that table where Peter was getting his feet washed, there was somebody sitting over there by Jesus' spot. And, and, and when people talk about intimacy with the Lord, which I, everything we do at Sand Springs, it is to encourage intimacy with the Lord. And, and y'all have heard me say that it's all about intimacy with the Lord, just growing closer and closer in fellowship with him, growing closer in your knowledge of him. In, in, in drawing near and near to the Lord. And so the, the guy, when, when I think of intimacy with the Lord, the guy that's sitting next to Jesus' seat, he's the one I have a mental picture of. And his name is John. John calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, that sounds a little bit arrogant. I'm like, yeah, uh, he may like y'all, but he loves me. Well, that's not how he was putting it. John was putting it this way. I am so amazed that he loves me. I am blown away by the fact he loves me. And at the table where there's Peter on one end and John on the other end, and, and John is leaning against the, the chest of Jesus, and there's that, that, that heart-to-heart between John and Jesus. Here's Peter's mentality. Peter, Jesus says to Peter, all of you going to deny me. And Peter said, no, uh I'll die before I deny you. Y'all remember the, y'all remember the exchange? Peter, Peter said, I'll fight. I'll fight somebody. Y'all come on, I'll fight you. I'll die before y'all mess with my Jesus. And what did he do? Before the rooster crowed the next morning, he denied him three times. But he was the one who said, I love you. I love you. I will continue to love you all the way up to death. I love you. What was John's response? You love me. You love me. I cannot believe that you love me. I'm blown away by the fact that you love me. When Jesus went to the cross, where was Peter? Around the street corner, weeping his eyes out because he just realized that he had denied him three times in one night. Where was John? At the foot of the cross. And Jesus is speaking to John saying, John, you take my mama and you take care of her. Mama, that's your boy now. What was the difference? Peter, I love you, I love you, I love you. 
trying by his own strength to express his love for Jesus. John, <laughs> you love me. I receive that. Thank you. So the next time someone wants to offer you a compliment or give you a gift or love you the way they want to express their love to you, don't kill it. Amen. Don't downplay it. Don't deny it. Just say, thank you. Thank you. That's all you got to say. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to say, well, I got it at a garage sale. <laughs> you know? Shut up and say, thank you. My mama, bless her heart. Y'all know it's coming. When you start something with bless her heart, you know it's coming. My mama will cook, and she'd cook. I mean, she fed five kids for all those years. But whatever she cooks, you compliment it. Oh, that's just junk. I mean, she just, and I've told her, Mama, just say thank you. Quit. Stop it. Just say thank you. <laughs> when, when God wants to love you the way he wants to love you, would you receive that? And it may be through someone else giving you a word of encouragement. It may be just you and him and your morning devotion time. And he just opens up the word to you and says, I love you. Would you say, just thank you? You don't have to say, well, like, you know, I, I, I don't deserve your love. Well, of course you don't deserve it. That's why it's grace. Let's eat of the tree of life. We're going to take communion together. If you'll remember there in the Garden of Eden, there were the two trees, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And God said, I don't want you to eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can eat freely from the tree of life. The tree that God said would bring death, Satan comes along and says, oh no, he's just trying to, he's just trying to keep you from really living. They eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and then guess what happened? Spiritually dead. Fast forward several thousand years and the, the Roman government comes up with a, an execution device called the cross. And they said, you mess with Rome and that's the end of you. That's a tree of death. That's the tree of death. And Jesus comes along and he lays down his life and gives himself a sacrifice for us. And guess what? The tree that was a tree of death now becomes a tree of life. In the garden, they ate. Y'all with me? They ate. And with eating came the curse. This morning, we're going to eat. Reminding ourselves. He says, do this often as you did in remembrance of me. Reminding ourselves that what he did on that cross reversed the curse. Amen. And, and, and every one of us should be recipients of that salvation. Well, I'm not worth saving. Well, join the game. None of us are worth saving. But he loved you anyway and gave himself for you. For God has demonstrated his love for us. Romans 5, 8. God has demonstrated his love for us and that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave yourself for us. Gave yourself for us. We receive that now with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you.
Jesus' name, amen. Y'all know you didn't earn it, right? Not one red penny did you pay towards your salvation. Lord Jesus, thank you. You didn't just give yourself in your life. You gave yourself unto death. Not just to us, for us. You gave it all. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.